every week at Sojourn, we go to the scriptures because it is there that the person and work of Christ are most clearly revealed for us, his people. Today, Dodds will be preaching for us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24, and I want to read that scripture for us. This is God's word, so we would be wise to listen. It says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Peace be with you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, again, welcome to Sojourn. Uh, my name is Dodds. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm very glad to be with you all this morning. Um, as Paul said, um, we're, we're, we're here, and we're eager to serve you all, serve our neighbors, serve our community um, in love and in the lightening of burdens. Um, the Lord has sustained us this week, and we can trust him to do so again and again. So over the past few months, we have been in the Gospel of Matthew, turning our attention particularly to the Sermon on the Mount in order to consider what human flourishing looks like. And, and here in the middle of chapter 6, Jesus is continuing to teach us how to live in a way that fulfills righteousness in light of the, of the coming kingdom. Paul said last week that, that Jesus has been much like a new Moses delivering the law to the people. And here, Jesus' teaching is, is very similar to that of, of Solomon, uh, writer of the Old Testament. And what we see in Solomon's writing is, is not just the law, but wisdom unpacking the logic of the law. And so in these verses, we're seeing the deeper ways that the principles of the law can be expressed and lived out. Jesus is giving us shrewd ways to conform ourselves to lives of virtue and depth and meaning. We've seen that Jesus cares about the heart and the motivations, and he cares also about the actions we perform. We just think back a couple of weeks. We shouldn't hate our brother in our heart, but we should go and be reconciled with them when we do, internal and external. We shouldn't lust in our hearts. We should pluck out our eyes if they cause us to sin, internal and external. Jesus points to the natural world here and talks about treasures, moths and thieves, eyes and light, hearts and masters, love and hate, he speaks of two ways, life and wisdom, foolishness and frustration. He says, 
Practically, you, you can't choose to follow two masters any more than you can choose to take two separate paths simultaneously. Jesus tells us the world is obsessed with money, power, and success, but that is not the obsession of the kingdom and this new humanity. The new humanity that Jesus is creating and commissioning will be obsessed with a pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness. And as we'll see, that will happen through investing our physical resources in the causes of heaven, through generosity and loyalty. If we invest in these ways, Jesus promises, our hearts will wholly follow. Our eyes and lives will be full of light. We will treasure God the Father and manifest his kingdom all the more. And the world will thrive as they are welcomed to the table with us, and we are all fed and sustained by God himself. So let's turn to our text again and read in the opening verses. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A few weeks ago, we, we touched on these, on these opening verses, and they're quite versatile because they serve both as a conclusion to verses 1 through 21 and an opening to verses 19 through 34. So they, they, they double dip in a way and and they center on this overlapping idea of treasure. So when Jesus says, don't lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven, he has at least two kinds of treasure in mind. The metaphorical treasure of praise and honor, and the actual treasure of money and possessions. How we handle our money and possessions is crucial to being a virtuous and flourishing people who experience greater righteousness. Where we store up treasure matters. And so Jesus says, don't store up treasures for yourself on earth. It's, it's very similar to what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes. Even if you build up a great amount of wealth in your life, you may leave it to someone who's foolish and will squander it. Terrible fortune could befall you or to those you leave your money to. Your wisdom could vanish. You could die before you ever have a chance to enjoy your wealth. When we invest in earthly treasure, our hearts are set on things that fail and fade and vanish. Treasures that erode slowly like moth-eaten sweaters in closets or rusted bicycles in, in the garage. It's not a matter of if earthly treasures will eventually be lost, but only a matter of when. So Jesus instructs a brilliant alternative. Invest in things that will endure forever. Those are heavenly treasures. Truly wise and righteous people will not store up treasures in an unsafe place. They will invest in realities that are permanent. 
So when, when you work to gain reputation and power from others, you, you store up treasures on earth. When you give to the poor in secret, when you pray in secret, when you fast in secret, you are storing up treasures in heaven. When you toil to accumulate wealth and land and money, you store up treasures on earth. When you give time and money to organizations like Fostering Family or Open Door Mission, you store up treasures in heaven. When you pray in order to be impressive, you store up treasures on earth. And when you invite your neighbors to your table to share a meal with them, when you share and give away your wealth to others, you store up treasures in heaven. And Jesus promises that when you invest your time, when we invest our time, our money, our gifts in the causes of heaven, that our hearts will follow where we invest our resources. And I don't want to move too quickly past that because that is a profound truth. Our hearts and motives do not just float free like unmanned boats at sea. They can be moved in different ways and provoked by material situations. Our hearts follow where our resources are invested. The Bible sees the heart not as the center of emotion like we do, but as the center of thought and our basic orientation in life. Our lives follow the direction of our hearts. And so Jesus says, if you want to change the direction and leaning of your heart towards things that are most secure, where no moth can nibble, where no rust can ruin, where no thief can snatch. Put your money and your resources into endeavors that are orientated towards the kingdom of heaven. That's a real challenge to the mantra of follow your heart. In, 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 really, in, in a biblical worldview, as kingdom citizens, we don't follow our hearts, we direct them. We shepherd them. We shepherd them in wisdom to treasure and further the causes of our king and his kingdom. Let's keep reading. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So Jesus has already used the lamp to describe his disciples. They are a city on a hill, the light of the world, but here he says that the eye is a lamp. He's, he's telling us that not only are our eyes like a window that takes light in, but also like a lamp that shines light out. And it's really hard not to think about the tabernacle and the temple in this imagery. 
The tabernacle, the place where God dwelled with his people on earth, it, it symbolized the righteous man, the heavenly man, the man made in God's own heavenly image. And the holy of holies symbolized the, the innermost part of the man, both head and heart. If you think about the room just outside the holy place, it had everything to do with the senses, the sight of the lamp, the smell of the incense, the taste of the bread. So when Jesus says that the lamp of the body is the eye, it's, it's sort of like this inverted metaphor. Lamps shine light out, but eyes take light in. And Jesus says, if our eye is good, then light fills our whole body with light. Our eyes are the lampstand of this, of this tabernacle body. And just like the lampstand gave light to the inside of the tabernacle, our eyes can give light to the inside of our bodies. Now, maybe that's well explained, but what, but what does that mean? <laughs> I've heard this passage used to talk about the dangers of lust, but since Jesus has already talked about that and we're in this context of money, that doesn't really fit. I think Proverbs 22 and Deuteronomy 15 will give us some greater insight. So let's turn to both of these and, and read. First Proverbs 22, verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful... That word means good or healthy. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 10 says this. If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother but you shall open your hand to him and lend to him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near and your eye look grudgingly. That's, that's, that means dark or evil. Your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cried to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land." Jesus will say later in chapter 20, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me or do you begrudge my generosity? And the translation of that second portion is, is your eye bad because I am good? See, in the, in the context, Jesus is talking about setting our hearts on storing up heavenly treasures and the dark eye is associated with a false evaluation of earthly treasure, while the good eye is associated with a right evaluation of heavenly and earthly treasure. 
But I think we can see, even from these two scriptures, that in addition to that, they help us see what Jesus means when he says good and bad eyes. He's talking about something more. He's talking about generosity and hospitality, about greed and jealousy. In other words, people with good eyes look out into the world and see people with whom they can share and invite in. Their gaze is eagerly generous, eagerly welcoming, hospitable. People with bad eyes only see what other people possess. And so there's only envy and greed and jealousy covetousness. A bad eye is unwelcoming. A good eye is welcoming. A generous eye receives God's light, and the whole person, each one of us, is illuminated. But a miserly, covetous eye rejects God's light, and our entire body is darkened. Our entire life is darkened. Sojourn is the people of God. We are illuminated through generosity and we are darkened through greed. The early Christians didn't think of the, of the heavenly treasure house as just a bank account that stored their goods for the future. They saw that their generosity brought heaven and earth together. And if heaven and earth might be joined by the miracle of hospitality, sharing, generosity, welcoming, perhaps all other divisions might also be overcome in the same way. When we are stingy, when we close our wallets and our hearts and our homes and our tables and our lives, we store up treasures on earth and serve money as if it was our God. Our eyes darken with greed and the lamp of our lives burns low. Greed takes the city on a hill and it puts it underneath a bushel basket. But when we're generous, our generosity is light to a world that has been darkened by greed. When we open our wallets and homes and ovens and tables and lives, it is our light shining before men and that generosity will cause others to worship the God of generosity. And that reality seems all the more important during a week during week when nearly every light in our city went out. God's purpose has always been to shine light into the world through his children as bright stars shining in the darkness, guiding the nations to the house where our generous God dwells and the table is open and food is given freely and love is shared openly and everyone is welcome.
The Son of God came with a declaration of a coming kingdom, a kingdom concerned with the ultimate criteria of life. Jesus offers to the world a vision of human flourishing that invests life within the deepest layers of spiritual wealth. Jesus is describing the nature of true and lasting wealth right here. And he himself exited heaven as the richest being in the cosmos, and yet he became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. On the cross, though sinless, he paid the debt of sin, and he rose having purchased new life for us all. With eyes that flashed forth the light of God, he saw us in our need for new hearts and new eyes, and he shared all that he purchased with us. He shared all that he purchased with you. Truly, he is the chief investor of the kingdom of God, the great benefactor of us all, the most generous one in history, and he continues to be the great guarantor of all our current and future generosity. He is the one whose heart is truly set in the right place, and his body is full of light. Sojourn, in, in this life, material wealth is seemingly the source of all benefits, all delights, all investments, all sustenance, all welfare, all charity. And to question its benefits in our world risks charges of insanity. In a society organized primarily for the pursuit of wealth, nothing could seem more evident and unquestionable that, that our time, our attention, our devotion should be allotted to the pursuit of that wealth. And yet here is the king of all things, our king, assuring us that by investing our time and attention and devotion to the accumulation of wealth and earthly treasures, he assures us that our hearts will be torn and our eyes and lives will be darkened between loving money or loving God and his kingdom. So we should ask ourselves this week, do, do we welcome others with, with our wealth or, or do we turn people away? Are our, eye, are our hands and our lives and our doors and our homes and our tables closing? Or, or are they opening? Are our eyes looking eagerly to bless those in need? To be looking, who, who can I be generous with? Who can I be generous to? Who can we be generous to? Do we gaze at others with a bigger paycheck or a larger home or more attractive features with envy and jealousy? Where is greed darkening our lives and closing our wallets? Where, where might we, we be wildly generous with each other? with others? What, what resources do we need to reallocate to invest in heavenly treasures? 
And where have we stored up earthly treasures upon which our hearts currently are still doting, hoping? How are we investing in things we long for our hearts to treasure? This is where I want my heart to be. This is what I want my heart to be hoping for and waiting on and looking to. Permanent realities. By the power of the Spirit within us, Christ is directing and opening our hearts. He is directing and lighting our eyes. He is calling us to value things that last and to share generously with those we welcome into our homes and at our tables the least of these in greatest need. Let's keep following him and call upon his mercy to guide us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, Lord, your teaching, your instruction. Lord, these, these verses of, of wisdom, these proverbial, parabolic words to us, words of life, instruction that really does lead to human flourishing, that really does lead to the best kind of wealth investment Lord, that leads to the right kind of loyalty where our hearts are not torn left and right. Lord, where our eyes are opened and we can actually see people in front of us, not as competition, not as an obstacle, but as fellow image bearers that are in need. God, will you, will you help us Will you help us, Lord? I, Sojourn has been marked for years as a generous church, and I, I thank you for your grace in that. Lord, would you give us, would you give us more? Would you open our, our hands more? Would you open our, our, our homes more? Would you open our tables more that we might share bread with the poor? And not just share as if hand off and walk away, but share as in sit down at the table together and share. Lord, would you continue to make us a people who welcome everyone, anyone, come and eat for free. Lord, we need you. Money is a merciless taskmaster. And Lord, I know that many of us in here, we're, we're getting older and we're, looking, we're, we're thinking about retirement. We're looking at retirement. We're in retirement and we're worried about whether or not we have enough. But Lord, as we'll, as we'll see, as we'll see next week, Lord, you know that we need these things. So will you help us not to fear? But instead of fear and jealousy and greed, will you open our lives, our mouths, our hearts, our, gosh, so that we might be generous and hospitable and welcoming. Lord, help us, please. We ask all of this in your name. Amen.